Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, it's Monique. Welcome back to the podcast, or welcome if this is your first time listening. This is the Brown Vegan Podcast, episode 132. And with this show, I love to present veganism from a practical perspective to help everyday people go vegan in a way that feels good to them. I also love to cover overall wellness topics and vegan entrepreneurship topics because this is so much more than food. It's truly a lifestyle. So I love to bring people on the show and share my own experiences. You can find out more about what I do and how I do it at brownvegan.com. And also, don't forget to come hang out with me on Instagram. I'm at brownvegan over there. So yes, I hope you're having a great day. Thank you so much for tuning in as always. I appreciate it. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you guys that Brown Vegan Inner Circle is finally open (laughs) for you to join. So if you don't know, and you probably don't know because I haven't really talked about it much, this is the first month of Brown Vegan Inner Circle. And this is something that I've been thinking about for at least the last year. It's basically a vegan membership that I put together to help everyday people who are vegetarian or vegan curious have a safe place to learn how to transition in a way that just feels really good. If you've been following me for any amount of time on any of my platforms, you know that I'm someone who truly believes in progression over perfection. That's like my philosophy when it comes to anything in life, but especially vegan life. And so I basically want to provide a safe space for people to be able to get the information they need, get the community that they need to make this lifestyle not only fun, but also practical for the everyday person. I know for myself, if you listen to episode, what was that? Episode 100, I talked about my own struggle with being vegan after having some difficult time in my life. So through my own experience, I wish that I had some more community, I feel like, to lean on when I was struggling with being vegan around that time. So I wanted to provide basically the platform, the community, the assistance that I wish was available for me. And so that's why I decided to offer Brown Vegan Inner Circle. So with the membership, I'm offering meal plans, tips, expert advice, community, all of the great things that you need to make this transition work for you. And I'm just really looking forward to seeing how this grows. So if you are interested in joining Brown Vegan Inner Circle, all you have to do is go to brownveganinnercircle.com to sign up. And if you have any questions about it, just feel free to see me in an email or a DM on Instagram. I'll be happy to help. Really excited for this new chapter. I'm just taking a step into something that I really think that will be very impactful. So I'm looking forward to that. So today on the show, I have Adria. She is plant-based ace on Instagram. I've been following her for a while. She is hilarious. Like if you want to laugh, look at Adria, eat up all the vegan food all over the place. (laughs) Definitely go check out her Instagram and go follow her over there. 
we're actually going to go out to have lunch this weekend because when I follow her on Instagram, I just love how she is willing to fly to get to the vegan food, to the vegan festivals, all of the vegan things. And so because she doesn't live far from me, I reached out and I was like, where the food at? (laughs) Invite me to eat some food. And so that's what we're going to be doing this weekend. So I'm excited to meet her. But as far as our conversation goes, Adria talks about some of the health issues that led her to a plant-based lifestyle, how she was able to transition in those early days, some of her favorite ingredients for easy cooking because ain't nobody got time to cook every night. I can definitely relate to that and I'm sure you can. So we're going to talk about that. Also in our conversation, we discuss how leading with love and compassion for your friends and family actually will help them make better decisions about food opposed to you know, knocking them over the head like sometimes we tend to do as new vegans. And finally, we spend some time talking about how she is planning and executing her vegan festival. She's going to share some behind the scenes on that. Her festival is called Soul Vegan Block Party. The next one is going to be happening in Richmond, Virginia on September 11th. So definitely check that out. You can find all of the details about it at soulveganblockparty.com. Of course, as always, all of the show notes and everything we mentioned in this episode can be found at brownvegan.com. So yes, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into the conversation. So I decided to become a vegan because I went to a gynecology appointment and was told that I had fibroids. But about six months earlier, I had had surgery for a cyst on my ovary. And when the doctor said fibroid and surgery, I just knew I didn't want to have to do that again. So I was just doing some research online and came across an article that was talking about eliminating fibroids naturally, and it was talking about a plant-based diet. And so I just dove in with the research. I came across many more articles. I came across a book called The Fibroid Elimination Diet, or excuse me, Fibroid Elimination Bible. I bought it and decided that I was going to give it six months because after the surgery that I had for the ovarian cyst, I had follow-up appointments every six months. And so I knew that I had a six-month appointment coming up and I could commit to a plant-based lifestyle for at least six months and see what would happen. And so at the six-month follow-up, I had my ultrasound and I asked the doctor, how large was the fibroid? And he said it was about four centimeters. And I said, well, how, how large was it four months ago? Or excuse me, six months ago. And he said, well, it was about five point. I said, wait, so it shrank. Mm. And at that point, I was committed. And I've been plant-based vegan for five years now. Five years. Oh, my goodness. I feel like the fibroid situation is so common in our community. So many women yes. have issues with it. So did it the book that you read, did it tell you to be alkaline? Because I always wonder when people have, when because I know, like I said, it's so prevalent in our community. Did it tell you to be alkaline or was it just basically saying just to be vegan? I don't recall the type of vegan that it talked about. So I can't really say specifically alkaline, but it did say that some of the foods that we eat can contribute to certain disease processes in the body. And it talked strongly of not eating soy, of not eating processed foods. Don't eat sweet potatoes, which is huge in the African-American community. You know, sweet Mm -hmm. potatoes is always at the dinner table. I love sweet potatoes. But it said instead of sweet potatoes, eat butternut squash to eliminate rice, but eat other grains like amaranth. So I think that it was largely attributed to its shrinking to 
not only eliminating the meat and dairy and other foods from my diet, but also eating specific foods that were described in the book. Things that like enrich your diet sounds like. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I was, I mean, I was hardcore with being whole foods, plant-based for about a year and a half, two years. And then, you know, Uh you go to that one festival and they got that, you know, impossible burger, what have you. And (laughs) (laughs) I slacked off a little bit, but yeah, I'm I'm mostly whole food, plant-based and primarily because of the diet that was expressed in that book. Yeah. So, okay, let's talk about some of the early days, though, because I feel like that's the time when a lot of people are just like, okay, I feel like this is a good decision for me, but how do I implement it? Because it's one thing to say, okay, I want to do this, but living it day to day, we know is a whole nother, (laughs) whole nother situation. So what did you do? Like, as far as finding out what to eat and like, were you much of a cook? How did this look for you? Not really, not much of a cook, but if I go back just a little bit further and when people ask about, well, how did you become vegan? Was it cold turkey? And at the time I thought it was cold turkey, but the more that I talked about it, the more I realized I actually was eliminating foods from my diet. I first eliminated beef and pork because I wasn't really eating it like that. And I said, well, I just won't eat it anymore ever. And then I went pescatarian for about a year. And so when I did make the transition to being on whole foods plant-based five years ago, it was really, really easy for me to do that because I had already eliminated a good amount of foods from my diet. Mm. And so I am relatively frugal. And so eating at home was a big deal anyway. So it was really easy for me to just go ahead and cook those things and go to Pinterest and go to Google to find those recipes and to cook it. And so it wasn't really, really that hard for me, at least. Going out to eat was a little bit more difficult, especially if I wanted to go out to eat with friends, because I was really strict, at least in those first six months of only eating certain foods. And the way that they were cooked wasn't really into anything fried. And so, like I said, really easy for me to do that because I was primarily eating at home. Mm -hmm. So I think you make a valid point about how we a lot of us start off and we're kind of more hardcore. And then as we get more accustomed to certain things in this lifestyle, like you said, impossible burgers and different things like that, we start eating we start opening ourselves up a little bit more. Yeah. Okay. So let me say this for myself. I think the reason why I started to open up a little bit more about it, because I started off really hardcore, like everything had to be organic. Everything had to be home. Yeah. <laughs> I first went vegan. And then what happened was when I tried to get my family to do it with me, they were just kind of like, uh, mm-hmm. what the hell is this? You know, back then. Yep. So I think that it, in so many ways, kind of forced me to be more open to a lot of the options that are out there. And also, I feel like it gives you more variety. Like, so these days for yourself, because I know that you, I feel like you just be eating a little bit of everything, girl. Yes, <laughs> so yes. These, so these days, do you feel like that's what it was for you is that you kind of had to open up more so that you have more variety or is it because it's fun? What is it for you? I think it's a little bit of both. I will say that in the beginning, I still had the variety, but I realized that I was one of those hardcore vegans that you see those memes about that that most people talk about where you're screaming at people in public. And my sister oh, told no. me, well, <laughs> not necessarily screaming, but you know, my sister told me that, and I'm sorry, I'm laughing because she said, you yelled at me because you thought I had on Uggs because I was one of those vegans. Where, oh damn! You yeah. be like calling people out, like no yeah. way, <laughs> baby seals, right? Aren't the Uggs the ones that made out of seals? 
no, I think it's lambs. And what they do oh is they or or sheep, and they act instead of the sheep being sheared, they rip the wool directly from their skin. So like somebody ripping your hair directly from your head oh, and no. the skin is still attached, which is why the pelt is like whole. It's whole pieces. It's like the skin is still attached. Mm. So, but yeah, I was one of those vegans that would like argue with you. And then I realized I was kind of pushing people away, not only from the lifestyle, but from myself because I was just so adamant about being vegan. But in me relaxing my diet i also kind of relax in my views it's like i can't win you over if i'm being mean to you if i'm being you know if i'm objectifying what it is that you eat or what it is that you want to do i have to win you over with love but yeah definitely with the food and the variety like right now you probably find something in my freezer that i can like throw together real quick because i also don't want to slave in the kitchen all day long because i want to be this hardcore vegan that only eats like you said organic and i grew it in the backyard however i will I will grow some green beans. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of your favorite easy dishes? Because like you, I am, I'm, I believe in like when I meal plan, I used to be really good at meal planning, but now that my kids are basically adults and I'm not married anymore, I don't really plan meals the same way. But I used to be really hardcore. But one of the things I used to do is always make sure that I had one or two convenient meals in the freezer just to kind of throw things together when I didn't feel like cooking. Because like you, I didn't want to have to be you know, cooking every single meal. So what are some of your favorite meals, some of your favorite ingredients? Like what are some of the things you always feel like you have to have on hand? Potatoes. Potatoes. Feeling, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I know I mentioned it earlier, but I love sweet potatoes. I still eat sweet potatoes, but I make like this sweet potato dish where essentially you bake the sweet potato and then you have maybe a can of beans, black beans, rinse the beans. I go between red peppers and tomatoes, put that in the sweet potato with the black beans, some cilantro, maybe a little bit of corn and have a loaded baked potato. Uh, top it with some guacamole. Easy meal. Mm-hmm. Or at least I think it's easy. Something that I always have in the freezer is frozen rice and frozen vegetables. So... I am kind of conflicted about the microwave. You know, I kind of sit on the fence as far as using the microwave, but that's something that I can throw in the microwave microwave real quick. I always have beans on hand. I always have dried, excuse me, canned beans on hand. So I can add a little bit of protein to the rice with the mixed vegetables, maybe a splash of sriracha with some hemp seeds. And again, have something quick, easy and filling. Yeah. Beans always make everything right. Avocados, like you said, potatoes. And then like potatoes are good because you could just make so many different things with those. So, so many, many different, different ways. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. And like I said, I always have at least some type of frozen patty. I'm not as hardcore on the soy as I used to be. Like I was, I didn't eat anything with soy, but I do get like these frozen chickenless patties from Aldi that are like three bucks. Like I said, in the freezer at all times. So if it comes down to an emergency meal, I have the frozen rice, the frozen veggies, and at least a chicken patty, chickenless patty that I can warm up. Yep. I feel like that's a thing, though. Like, that's why a lot of people probably feel like they can't stay on this journey because it's like they feel it's too much in the beginning, especially planning ahead, thinking about what you're going to eat, making sure things are available when you go places and things like that. So you know, you got to figure out what works for you. So yeah. I like that you have a plan all, at all times. That's so good. 
Well, one thing that I also did, like the way that our plate was constructed was we always had a starch, a vegetable and a meat. And so I just followed that outline. And so instead of having steak or beef on the plate, I would replace that with like a grilled portobello mushroom that I just grilled with my George Foreman grill, season it up, marinate it for an hour or so, and then put it on the George Foreman grill and cut it into slices and put it on the plate with maybe some mashed potatoes and some green beans. And instead of using butter, I would use plant-based butter or a splash of olive oil and season it up. And that's one thing that we don't think about is that a lot of the foods that we loved or we grew up loving, it wasn't necessarily the food. Of course, it's the, the atmosphere that comes with it, like the cookout or what have you, or the family reunion, but it's the seasonings. Mm-hmm. You can season up some tofu and fry it and be just as satisfied. Yes, ma'am. You are so right. I think you just gave me a idea for dinner. I think I'm going to go ahead and <laughs> make me some portobello, mashed potatoes, or green beans or something. There you go. Real simple. Real simple. Yeah. No, say you always find mushrooms. You can always find potatoes. It doesn't have to be hard. Nope, it doesn't. I love it. As far as like your friends and family, I know it's been five years, but how has everybody been as far as adjusting to this lifestyle? I know that you lead with love these days and you ain't trying to fight your sister. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So how has it been with that as far as getting your family, not necessarily on board with you, but just at least being a little more open to it? Well, my immediate family, they are much more, what's the word? They're they're much more impressionable. They do ask me questions. They do, they usually rely on me to pick a restaurant if we do choose to go out and get something to eat. Sometimes they will eat plant-based with me. Sometimes they won't, but I I also don't fight them. Like I used to, you know, I'd be like, you know what, you, you're, you're killing our planet. By eating that meat. But like I said, you know, I had to back off a little bit. But my friends, I've noticed that when we go out to eat, and especially if I go to a place that has vegan options on the menu, not something that you have to search for, not something that you have to alter. Like, can I get the this spinach with oil instead of butter, please? Like, they will eat vegan with me. They will eat plant-based with me. They will choose not to have whatever the special is that has some type of meat on it. And they will eat plant-based, which I think is very encouraging. And I actually have a friend who has gone more plant-based just from going and eating out with me and decided that this is a lifestyle that she can obtain and maintain. And in the small change that she made by eliminating meat from her diet, I I do believe that she um, still eats seafood on occasion. She's actually gotten her parents to go more plant-based. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what's like though. Cause I feel like it's like that. Like that little, the little seeds can just grow and just blossom in such an amazing way. And and that's why I like how the approach is so different for even the both of us. Cause I used to be kind of hardcore too. And it's more effective, you know, like people do it and they, when you do it with love, people are actually more open to it. So I just love that you mentioned that. Yeah. Yep. So we, okay. You love to eat out. I, I just, I like, uh, you love going to festivals. You will yes. travel for food, will, all of the goods. We'll travel for so, food. <laughs> so do you do it because it keeps things interesting for you as far as just trying new things or like, what's your motivation? Because you legit be in your car going everywhere looking for food. <laughs> well, that's it. That's the motivation. But I just, I love food and I love to travel. And if 
this place in Virginia Beach has a vegan calzone, then let's go. Let's do this. Oh, so they have milkshakes, vegan milkshakes on the menu. Okay, absolutely. I need to try it. If this festival down in Florida, brand new festival is all vegan all the time. Okay, let's go. Especially from where I live. If a flight to Fort Lauderdale is only $60 round trip, there's absolutely no reason for me not to go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, where I live, there may not be as much of a variety as far as different types of food, different types of vegan food or different types of vegan cuisine, such as Cuban or Ethiopian and not just a restaurant or an establishment that has vegan options, but you're dedicated to being vegan, then absolutely. I want to go. I want to support, but I also want to experience what the area has to offer. Like I said, I love to travel, but I also love to eat. And why not combine the two? Hey, I love that. I love it. Speaking of like festivals and all of the goods, I am so excited about vegan, your your, your vegan festival that you have coming up in September, the Soul Vegan Block Party. Yes. And it's crazy that I had no idea you were behind this until we actually got on a phone call the last time. Like I had no idea who was <laughs> behind this event. So that's going to be taking place in Richmond, Virginia. Yes. And so tell us, this is going to be the second one. So tell yes. us like what made you decide Decide to put together your own festival because, like I said, I feel like everything that goes into it just sounds like a lot of work. So, it, yeah, what was your motivation? It definitely is a lot of work, but my motivation was that I have been to quite a few festivals and up and down the East Coast. I've been to festivals and events, vegan festivals and events. And for me, I found it hard to find Black-owned businesses at these events. And so I went to an event in Florida and all I thought was, I can do this back home, but make it Black. Mm-hmm. And I what, what actually happened was, so I work in healthcare and I decided I wanted to be a traveling x-ray technologist where they send me on assignments across the country. And I quit my job and I started my first assignment and, you know, they flew me to Arizona and I, you know, moved into my Airbnb. I had some of my stuff like shipped to me via FedEx and they called me on a Thursday and they were like, hey, we just want to talk to you about your assignment that starts tomorrow on Friday. We just want to let you know it's been canceled. And I like in the middle of the grocery store crying my eyes out because I had just flown to the other side of the country and didn't have a job. And so I came back home and like I left on Christmas Day. And so it was a few days after Christmas that it had happened and I was just laying in the bed and I was like, remember that vegan festival you wanted to do? Let's get going. And there's this book, it's called Big Magic, I believe, by the woman who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. And in it, she has this quote that says, you know, God, the universe, you know, whatever deity you believe in, it, 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 it gives you this idea. And you might have a minute, you might have a week, you might have a month, you might have a year to move on that idea. And when it came to me in the bed while I was stressing about finding a job, I decided to move. And I started frantically writing down every idea that I could think of as far as 
hosting a vegan event and I moved on it. And that's how it came to be. The first event was in 2019. I reached out to vegan and non-vegan vendors that were Black that I had seen at other events. And I just wanted to give them a space. I wanted to give them a platform. I wanted them to be seen, known, and heard. And so again, that was a whole premise around the event that it was 100% vegan and that it was primarily Black-owned businesses, giving them a space, giving them a platform. And it went well in 2019. We had over 2,000 people in attendance for our first year event. We had over 50 vendors. We had nonprofit organizations. We had speakers. We had cooking demonstrations. We had a DJ who was spending the whole event. Like, it was just a party. It was just the best thing ever. And then, of course, 2020 happened. And so right now, I'm working on the 2021 event. I have reached out to over 100 individuals to invite them to participate. I think that might be the hardest part is doing the legwork of inviting people to participate. But I want, again, these people to be recognized. I want them to be put on a platform that says, hey, I want people to know about you. So, yeah. Let's make it happen. Let's yeah. make it happen. You're so modest about it, though, because like I said, <laughs> I had no idea that you were behind this event. I'm so we shy. Had our first- oh, I see. I don't know why, though. It's great. I mean, I know. Well, I, well, here's the thing. I won't know. I know that it's great because I know the effort that you put into it, but I won't actually be there until the one that you have coming up this year. So I'm excited about that. I actually was talking to one of my previous guests just because I know she lives in Richmond, too, mm-hmm. to see um, Tamara to see if she was going to be there. Ending and she said she is. So I told her, I said, I'll probably be harassing her. Okay, <laughs> yes. Harass, harass. Yeah, so what's the process like as far, because I always figured that festivals, the way that you're able to make it profitable is by charging vendors. So when you reach out to people, you just let them know, well, the different you know possibilities as far as the vendors, you just reach out to them and then you just let them know that this is coming up and then send it over an application to them. Like, how does that usually look if they respond to you? Just about. So. I am like Uber. Well, you know what? After having someone kind of help me out with some of the or um, the organizational processes, I'm not as organized as I thought, but I do like things to be laid out. And so I wrote up the expectations. I put everything into writing and I put it into a document. I created a website so that everything that you could possibly ask or possibly need would be on the website. All the information, the vendor fees, what's included, what's not included. I put it all in one place so that I also wouldn't have to worry about a barrage of questions. If I put Mm -hmm. it all down in writing for you to read, then you wouldn't ask. And in 2019, I actually didn't have a whole lot of questions. And if the question came up, more than likely it needed to be added to the handbook or the, the the information packet. But as far as like the vendor fees, I also wasn't really looking to make a profit from this event, especially when you have people who do this for a living. Like this is their livelihood. You know, I'm not going to bang you over the head for $500 because I need to get this insurance for the festival and then put the rest in my pocket, knowing that the insurance only costs this much money and then I'm pocketing the rest. You know, I wanted to make it affordable for me so that at least I could break even for the event, but also affordable for you so that you could come out and you can make that money back times however much, you know, whatever your expectation is to make at the event. But 
again, wanted to make it somewhere in the middle where I could pay for the festival expenses, such as renting the park, like I said, getting festival insurance, renting tents, because if you don't have a tent, I have to rent that tent and then rent it to you. Hiring the DJs, having the speakers come out. You know, some of the speakers donated their time, but some of them wanted to be paid, you know? Oh, I didn't know you decided to have speakers because I know at one point you were kind of going back and forth about it. Are you? Well, how many that are was you? 2019, but okay. I'm not quite sure if I'm going to have speakers. I have reached out to a few individuals, but I have not heard back yet. Dr. Holistic, if you're listening, I'd like for you to be there. <laughs> <laughs> but also reaching out to different organizations and seeing if they would be sponsors, if they would donate money to put this event on. One thing that I did, hint, hint for anybody who's out there who would like to put on an event, I would encourage you to go to festival event pages that aren't just like right here in your area, but across the country and see who they use as sponsors and reach out to them. You have organizations like Veg Fund who will give money for your event like in 2019. Like I don't have a problem sharing that they gave me $500, but they specified what it was to go toward and that was marketing. And so I asked them like, what do you mean as far as marketing? So my Facebook ads, my Instagram ads, my sponsored ads that were on social media, they've reimbursed me for that. Flyers, that was part of marketing. So all the flyers that I printed off and I put in different stores and restaurants and handed out to people, they reimbursed me for that. If I was able to get a big poster, a big sign that people could take pictures in front of, directional signs, they would have reimbursed me for that. So you have organizations out there that will reimburse you. But also reaching out to these big vegan companies like Daya and Beyond Meat, like, hey, I know y'all got money. Can I have some of that money? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. What are the city requirements, though? Because I know you were talking about permits and things like that. Was it like a lot of red tape or was it an easy process to get approved for everything? It was fairly easy. It was a lot of footwork that I really didn't want to have to do, but it was a requirement for them, such as reaching out to the police and having police station at the event, having EMS, they asked if I was going to have alcohol at the event because only certain parks would allow me to have alcohol. And one of the parks that I had chosen wasn't a location that allowed alcohol. But in 2019, it didn't matter because I didn't have alcohol. Am I going to have amplified music? What are the hours of the event? All of those things that they were asking were all within their parameters. And so I didn't really have an issue with the city. Yeah, it was pretty much reaching out to these 10 different departments and saying, hey, this is what I'm doing. And I would say about 70% of them were like, this doesn't even involve us. So you're good to go. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Do you have any requirements as far as restrictions for COVID that you're requiring for your event? Or is it going to just be, because I know it's outside. I don't know if that makes a difference to a lot of people, but um, anything that that you have to consider? Yeah, Yeah, I think that being outside makes a huge difference. And that's one of the reasons why I've been kind of teetering on not having speakers this year, because at most events, there's usually movement and people are walking from vendor to vendor and they're they're moving around. When you're listening to a speaker or you're watching a cooking demonstration, you're kind of staying in one place. And so I wanted to kind of eliminate that, at least for this year, but I'm not really having any requirements. I think I want to leave it as a up to the individual, up to the vendor, as far as whether or not 
you you want to be masked if the people that are um, at your table at your booth if they're going to be masked because I think that it's a personal matter as to whether or not you want to disclose whether or not you're vaccinated and I cannot force you to wear a mask. I'm not going to ask you for your vaccine card because I am a healthcare professional and I also know that that is none of my business. So, you know, you and then you you see on TV where, you know, people are getting into fights. There's fisticuffs because it's none of your business and it's my constitutional right. And it's look, 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 look. I'm not. I ain't for it. <laughs> I don't want the drama. I want you to come. I want you to be there. I want you to support. And I want you to come out if you're comfortable. First of all, if you're comfortable. And if you want to wear a mask out there on a 85 degree day in, in September and you're vaccinated, whatever. Do you, boo? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's all you can do. I'm just yeah. really excited. I know we spoke when we spoke like a month ago. I was just like, Ugh, I don't, you know, COVID has made me such a homebody. I don't want to do anything. But now that the weather is just so beautiful mm-hmm. and I just I'm excited to get back out and do things. I I've really been am. Look, I've been <laughs> out. <laughs> You've been in these streets. Okay? In these streets. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So before we wrap up, I do want you to, of course, let us know how we can come and support you in September in Richmond or anything else you want us to do as far as following you on social media. But before we get into that, just close us up with some tips, um, one or two tips for someone who is a brand new vegan who is thinking, well, not even necessarily a brand. Yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> for someone who is a brand new vegan, share any tips that you have for that person. I would say to know your why. Don't do it because it's trending, because you're not going to stick with it. Know why you're doing this. Is it for health? Is it for the animals? Is it just for a, a personal reason? Is it religious? Know your why, because that helps you to stick with why you're doing this. And also, be easy with yourself. Don't be hard on yourself. And if you mess up, if you eat something at the cookout that wasn't vegan, don't be hard on yourself. You can always start over with the next bite that you put in your mouth, with the next meal, with the next day. I think that's two tips. I think I have a third tip. And I would say veganize what you're already eating. It doesn't have to be cold turkey overnight being vegan. It could be just as simple as no longer eating butter and using a non-dairy milk as opposed to animal's milk. Just simple substitutions that you can incorporate into your daily life. Yep. So this was such a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the show. Let us know how we can come and support you in Richmond. And by the way, this is a free event. I don't know if we said that already, that this, that that your event is vegan, of course. Soul Vegan Block Party is free. So on September 11th. So just let us know how we can come support it as far as a website or social media, whatever you want us to do to come and hang out with you and support your event. So yes, the second Soul Vegan Block Party is Saturday, September 11th. It's from 1 to 6 at Shimborazo Park in Richmond, Virginia. I am more than open to receiving donations. You can find the links. Yes, please donate because this, even though the the event is free, it's not free for me to do it. And, you know, I would love to anything that I receive over and above what it takes for me to 
produce this event. I would love to donate to an organization. It has yet to be determined, but you know, this money does not go into my pocket. I like to go ahead and put it back out into the community. So I would love to receive your donations. You can find the links on the website, which is soulveganblockparty.com. You can find me also on Facebook and Instagram at Soul Vegan Block Party. And for my personal page, that personal page is Plant Based Ace. So Plant, P L A N T, Based, B A S E D, Ace, A C E. You can find me there on Instagram and Ace Plant Based on TikTok. I'm yes. not good on the TikTok, but I mean, there's <laughs> a few there. videos out there. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. All of the show notes will be at brownvegan.com. So check those out. Also, let me know what you thought of this episode. Come hang out with me on Instagram. My handle over there is at brownvegan. Have a great day and I will talk to you next week. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.